0: on 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at For Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in Columbia, Mount Pleasant, or the Hohenwald area of Tennessee, Safe Storage has you covered. You can reach them at safestoragetn.com. That's safestoragetn.com. If you would like to sponsor Free Your Children or Free Your Children radio show, you can contact me at freeyourchildren@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, my email, or over on my new website at freeyourchildren.com. You can also find me at the borough pulse, B O R O P U L S E.com, where I am a monthly contributor. And all of my articles there are about education. So if you want to check those out, you can jump on over. Recently, I had a wonderful opportunity to speak to the ladies at a ladies' tea at Highland Park Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee. And I spoke about the armor of God. And that is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because, as all of you know, if you've listened to my radio show, all of my shows begin the very same way where I quote Ephesians 6 10 through 11. So I was very blessed to be there and be in attendance to that. And I hope that message was a blessing to the ladies that were there. I'm excited to be launching a new series highlighting homeschool graduates. And our guest this evening is a homeschool graduate. Her name is Arlene Evans. Arlene grew up on a farm in western Kansas. Her parents started homeschooling in 1985, and she was homeschooled for seven years until she graduated. Arlene and her husband have a blended family with five children, and they live on a homestead with acreage in western Kansas. She is a second-generation homeschooler and is homeschooling her three children that are currently at home. They joined the special needs community when their youngest child was born with Down syndrome. Arlene is an eclectic homeschooler who leans more toward the Charlotte Mason method. Welcome, Arlene. We are glad to have you join us tonight. Thank Thank you. you. So, you were homeschooled back during the 80s. Yes. I bet that was a wonderful, interesting experience. What made your parents decide to homeschool you?
1: I have talked to my mom about it, and she said that they wanted a biblical education for us. But on top of that, I think when they heard about homeschooling, what prompted them was school just did not work for us, especially me. I did not like school. And I just, I just, went made it through the day went home you know and was glad to be gone it just didn't work my brother and I are kind of opposite he was the book smarts nerd and they couldn't keep him in class the teacher couldn't Mm -hmm. keep him busy he was constantly in trouble so they had to figure out what to do with him and I didn't like school I just went I was quiet introvert didn't say anything skimmed through each end of the spectrum, you know, to figure out what do we do?
0: And how many <laughs> and was it? Was it just you and your brother during this period of time? You have one sibling. I have two brothers.
1: I have two younger brothers. And uh-huh. for, yeah, it was just two of us at the time. And then they adopted our youngest brother and they were also uh, special needs homeschoolers because oh, my wow. adopted. Yeah. My youngest adopted brother is uh, has intellectual disabilities and physical disabilities so okay so yeah so I've
0: seen it done right right and homeschooling in the 80s I mean I know in Tennessee homeschooling wasn't even legal in Tennessee until the early 80s so what was the climate and culture like in the 80s in Kansas for your family
1: well there was no one I mean you know it was like you were going out here and nobody knew about this Right. Especially and there, nobody you were around. So right. And
0: then there was no social media like we have today to find other people if they were homeschooling.
1: No, it 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 isn't it amazing how they found each other, you right. know, with yes. just talking to people like, oh yeah, I, I know of this person, let me give you a phone number or an address. And right. So um yeah, and I remember the principal threatening, I'm gonna turn you in, you can't mm-hmm. do this, and so. Yeah. I remember right. that. It's And cause it was just, you can't do it. You're not right. allowed to, they have to be in school. So.
0: Was your uh, mom afraid during that time that, that someone was going, did she feel threatened? I guess. Did she feel like her parental rights were threatened homeschooling in the eighties there in Kansas?
1: Um, I don't know. We've never really talked about that, but I, as a kid, I don't remember feeling threatened other than I do remember the principal. I do remember confrontations and, the principal where we went um, threatening truancy and turning mm-hmm. you in and stuff. So,
0: yes. But and I it's interesting because I hear parents, you know, across the nation that that home were homeschooling back, you know, in the very beginning when it was just beginning to become legal in other states. And I remember them saying a lot of them were afraid to go out, you know, during the daytime hours, you know, the traditional uh-huh. school hours, they would stay at home, close their blinds. You know, they really, they were really afraid of the fact that they would be targets. Did you ever yeah. experience any of that in the in the early I'm, 80s? Well, and we lived on a farm. So
1: right. where we okay. went was on Wednesday nights to church or Sunday to church. And mm-hmm. so that was when everybody was out of school. So right. I don't remember. And we drive out here, we drive a long way. So mm-hmm. we drove 30 miles to church, you know, right. church was 30 miles away. So, I don't, but I do know that if you did go somewhere during the day, you got questioned, you know, right? Know
0: that. And still today, yes, still today, <laughs> yep, <Yeah. laughs> yes, we so. get that often. If we are at well, just recently we were at the store and this would have been during you know normal hours, and that was you know, the clerk asked, Are you not in school today? Are the kids sick? you know, so they're still. There's still that that you get, you know, when you're out, you know, doing normal family things during the day when most people assume, you know, that your children should be in school. So, yes, we still do that today. And so we
1: drive 30 miles, you know, to the to where we shop and stuff. So when we're out, what kind of shuts people down is I'm just like, we're not from here. So I don't know if you have school or not.
0: Right. There you go. (laughs) Well, it's really nice. Yes. Well, you hear, you know, people say all the time, you know, the famous question, what about socialization? So what did socialization look like for you? And for our listeners, it's going to look way different than it looks today because you have to remember in the 80s, it wasn't as easy to find, you know, other homeschool families. You didn't, you couldn't sit down at a computer and have all that information at the, at your fingertips. So how did your, yeah. how did your family handle that back during the 80s when they removed you from traditional school? Um, well, I do remember when they were
1: searching for families, you know, they had to do the whole, I know this person or I know that person. And so, um, I remember a family, but we didn't really do anything with them. It was like, they were 50 miles away. Like we know a family 50 miles from you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, whoa,
1: somebody else like us. Uh, But I, and I didn't even ask my mom what year, like a year later, maybe two years later then people started, you know, coming, right? found Mm -hmm. people. And so we started getting with people groups, a group started. So like once a month we would get together, but I don't remember a huge amount of time where we weren't around anybody, but you know, where I grew up, every generation grew up with everybody. So, I mean, we had already been used to Doing what we did, you know, in right. town or whatever. So, but then people just started coming out, you know? Uh-huh.
0: And, <laughs> and I think that's people. what happens. That yes, that it's one person exercises the courage to step away from back then, and because we're speaking about homeschooling, the traditional government schools. And then other people start looking at that and thinking, oh, well, if they can do that, we can do that too. And then it starts to grow. And that's what we see happening today. Yeah. So we would get together once a month, about once a month
1: and do different things. You know, I do science projects or you do, um, you know, do something where you do get together and just present whatever the whatever the topic was that they They did. Um, We had being from Kansas. So on Kansas Day, you do your big, we always had a big get together for Kansas Day.
0: Right. We'd
1: all be able to present. You know, either famous people from Kansas or show how they did things. You know, a hundred years ago, or have something that we could present or or learn about. But and then we had the Capitol day where we'd all go to the Capitol. So then we would see homeschoolers around the state. Uh, one thing that was started when I was a kid, they did a statewide um, concert. So we would just oh, wow. practice. With mm-hmm. our group, with our local groups that were involved, and then we would all go to one town in the state that participated, and we would practice the whole day, and then do a concert at night.
0: Oh, that's so, really
1: yeah. We did that for several years, and in different yeah across mm-hmm. the state. So yeah, otherwise, co-op didn't. I don't even think we called it co-op. It was support group. You just <laughs> called it your support group,
0: <laughs> right? Right. What were some of the biggest advantages that you felt like were that it gave you from being homeschooled? Some of the biggest advantages that it allowed for your family growing up? Um,
1: Well, for me, I just didn't get anything out of sitting all day. And I really had somehow I made it through. I was in the middle of fifth grade and had really never read a book. I just did what I had to do, you know, and then I got to the year where I thought the teacher didn't like me. And so I never talked. (laughs) I just went, you know, made it. Right. Mm -hmm. So once that I would, and I could go home, I read I remember reading my first book all the way through. I was so happy and proud. So after that, I was like, wow, I like to read, you know, (laughs) discovering things that I liked that I didn't know that I liked. And, and two, my parents had that attitude of let's figure out what you want to do, what do you like to do? And, and so they found ways for us to do it, which you can't do in public school. And so, but back then there weren't computers, so we couldn't do online classes. We couldn't, we had to do um, like a, the stuff you order in the mail, and then you had to mm-hmm. do your test and send it in like it was beyond high school. So I did animal science one year and we'd go through it, send my test in, get it graded. And so back when, you know, there was no computers, nothing. And we still found ways to learn those extra things we wanted to learn. Right. But, yeah. Well, or there's a lot of pr- apprenticeship, you know, if they could find people yes. that you could follow or, mm-hmm. you know, people willing to do that. That's kind of what you did. So. How
0: would you say homeschooling prepared you for your adult life?
1: Well, we could spend our days going out and doing something besides sitting at a desk. Absolutely. Um, we even had the opportunities then to be with our dad. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. My awesome. dad would come home, say, I got to go get a part or whatever. So get your school books. You know, one of us get your books and come on. So we would take our school with us. <laughs> And, um, if he had to drive two hours or whatever to go get a part for something or whatever he was doing, that's what we would do. So,
0: yes, I mean, home homeschooling really, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the many things that homeschooling allows it, it allows, and it, it really helps families to learn to be a family again, because, you know, our society today, everyone's so fragmented parents really don't have much of an opportunity to spend a lot of quality time with their children because most in most families, the parents are gone all day at work. The kids are gone all day at school. Then you come home and many of them are are still going because there's all these extracurricular activities. So for the family to come together as a family unit, you don't have many minutes in the day for that. And I think the research is down to just mere minutes, like something like 20 minutes a day uh-huh. that parents actually have to spend quality time with their children and homeschooling really gives families the advantage of being able to spend time together, just like you said, and you could go and, and spend time with your dad. And, and also you really touched on uh, another topic that I want to cover too. As an adult, you were allowed as a child to explore things that you had an interest in Mm -hmm. and spoke about job shadowing and, um, even apprenticeships and you don't, have the opportunity for that on the and on as large of a scale in public school or traditional school as you do when you are homeschooling. So, I'm glad you spoke about that as well.
1: Yeah. And for us, we're a truck driving family. So, if dad right. happens to be home, they get to see dad. If yeah. they weren't home, they would never see him because, you know, they would be away. And right. so, which ends up for us, if dad's home for a day, that's a day off because it messes up our routine. So Right. Yes. Everything Absolutely. goes out the window, but but they wouldn't get a CM because they would be gone all day. So
0: Yes, it, it allows you to still be able to concentrate and focus on those important family relationships. Mm-hmm. Why, why did you decide to homeschool your own children?
1: Because they need to be discipled by us. Um <laughs> They aren't going to get in school. They do not get a biblical education at public school. So they needed to be here so that everything they do, they can see the Lord did it all. That's the most important thing. But then they don't get the opportunity to just go out and do, you know, they would never have time to do what interests them, even in elementary. You know, I have one that's into space outer mm-hmm. space and he's taught himself because I am not interested at all
0: <laughs> and so <laughs> I just like here's a book figure it out read yes and they but, learn to be self-motivated learners and, yeah. and interest-led learning is something that you can explore and implement when you were homeschooling because you have the freedom to do that so absolutely yes. yes I see that all the time these
1: kids are like well I want to do this what do you do well figure <laughs> it out you right. know Research it. That's all you have to do. It's not that hard. But they aren't created to think for themselves in that situation. So they're just like somebody has got somebody has to tell me what to do. I can't just figure Mm -hmm. it out. So that's one thing that a lot of homeschool they'll just figure it out. I mean, that's what you do. So, yeah. Most the biggest reason though is it's got to be biblical, and they aren't getting that. It's the public school is not for God. So I knew right away that the first thing I wanted was for my kids to be to able to open God's word and say, and even my son who's into space, he has come to me, he's like, Well, this book says this, you know, you have millions of years ago. Is this the truth? Right. And I have said, get your Bible, let's mm-hmm. read, let's find out what the truth is.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> my kids and are I always think- saying, In the beginning, God, yes. you know. Yeah. And I think it's very important for Christian parents to realize that we can't compartmentalize our faith. You know, it should be woven into every single thing that we do, every single subject that we teach our children. You know, everything should, if you're a Christian, should all have the same roots. And those roots, of course, should be, you know, the Word of God. So Mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, Christian parents that send their children to government school have to realize that no education is neutral and a religion is being taught in the government school system and it is not Christianity.
1: Yes, so it's really know, sad.
0: Yes, and, and I know that that's a hard thing for Christian parents to hear, but you need to remember that if you are not homeschooling your children and leading and directing their education, someone else is. And that means that the majority of their formative years are going to be spent in an institution where they are being taught that the Christian faith is a lie. Mm -hmm. And I had a public school employee argue that point with me. And, you know, no, that's not true. And I said, yes, it absolutely is true. Look at the science standards. Look at the standards that they're required to teach. You can't serve two masters. And if you are teaching that evolution is fact, then you are teaching that Christianity is a lie. And I, yeah. I think, you know, that that Christian parents really have to sit down and decide if, you know, they are willing to advocate their responsibility of discipling and teaching their children over to an institution that teaches that what the Bible says isn't true, because that is. What happens in government schools? Um, Let's talk a little bit about the area where you live in Kansas. Tell us about the homeschool community there in Kansas. What types of resources are there in Kansas for homeschool families?
1: Well, there's everything online now. I mean, you can do just about anything and everything. There, when my oldest was preschool age and I'd been out of the homeschool world for a long time, and I wanted to no, like what, what's going on now? So I started searching, like, where is there a group? Where are people? And I was really kind of shocked at the way homeschoolers are now. Mm-hmm. And because to me in the eighties, you were just excited when you found someone, this is like, right. so cool. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, someone <laughs> is like us. And, and I, so a town closer, I, there was a homeschool group that I found. And so I emailed, like, you know, I'm interested. What do you do? And so my reply back was, you know, you don't live in our County and this is only for people in our County. And I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I was just like, homeschoolers are like this now, you know, (laughs) like, Oh boy. Right. And I have been, I've searched, I've asked, you know, we go every year to Wichita. Most people know where Wichita is to the homeschool conference Mm-hmm. And I have asked our state at the booth with our state organization, you know, where are the people out West? Mm-hmm. And everybody's just, I don't know. And oh, wow. there, it, it's just weird. It's just different to me because to, and, and I actually felt like the people trying to find people, like people are kind of cliquish, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yes, we have a group, we get together, but you are not coming, <laughs> you know, wow. that's um, sad. I know. And it's just been so disappointing even all these years after that I've, that we've been what seven years. And so it's just weird because I was even as a kid drugged to this meetings, my parents were involved in creating the state group, you know, the organization Mm -hmm. and went to remember going to those meetings when I was a kid, you just did things. Everybody was included, you know, Mm -hmm. from what I remember. So, but we do, we have right now, we're going to a PE class at our university that's close by. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. professor for the, whatever the degree is for the kids there that are going to teach PE in public Uh school. She's Mm -hmm. smart enough to know I got this whole group of kids, you know, who are free in the mornings. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they can teach my students how to hold a PE class. So, So we've been doing that. She does eight weeks of PE for the homeschool kids for her students to uh, learn what it's like to hold a PE class. So yeah, smart professor, you know, you know, you have this whole group of kids, but, um, and so we do that. And uh, like I said, we have a child with down syndrome. So I had to email her and if we go, if we ask to be involved, you know, so it's a toss up, do I tell people Mm-hmm. Or do I just show up and we have, you know, a special needs kid, So um, you just never know what to do. But I emailed her and I'm like, is there a place? Can he participate? I have a child with Down syndrome. Would right. it benefit your students to work with somebody with special needs? And so in my mind, I'm like, you might get told, no, you know, prepare yourself. I always do that. Prepare yourself you might be told no so she answered back and she's like this is awesome this is an awesome opportunity for my students so um, yeah she's like I can provide one-on-one even for him so they can Uh learn what it's like so it's been great my kids that
0: that is great and and speaking about that because that was one of the topics that I wanted to touch on what could you tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like homeschooling a child with special needs, because I get that question a lot as a educational consultant. Parents who have children with special needs will send me message a message and say, "Can I homeschool a child with special needs?" So, what what from your perspective, tell us um, how you navigate that? Just like I do my other kids, right. I find I do
1: what works for him. You know. Mm-hmm. Go at his pace. So this year, and and it's a lot of searching, like researching, like right now before we go to homeschool conference, I'm looking at all these different curriculums, and I want to see them. You know, hopefully I can see them, and mm-hmm. pick. You know what's going to work for him. But this year, it has clicked to for him to trace trace his numbers. He gets it this year. So that's mm-hmm. what we've been doing, and you know, he's seven, seven and a half. So if he was in school, I did this, like when he was three, we went to the national down syndrome conference. And I got to talk to a lady who's big on teaching them to read and stuff. And she has a whole program. And I'm like, okay, my kid can't talk. I talked to her and bought her book. My kid can't talk, but I should teach him to read, right? She goes, Yeah, she can teach him to read. Because if you don't, by the time he's five, if he's not reading, he's going to be left behind. Then I had to like, Wake up and like, what am I doing here?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. He's not gonna be left behind, you know. We go at right. his, that's for public school. If your child's there and they don't keep up, they're left behind. It's exactly. just that. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, this is crazy. Why am I gonna sit down and force him to read when he can't even say a word? Right. <laughs> so exactly. but he's he is more advanced, he does talk, he talks in sentences, he asks for things. So Um, We're very blessed that he is more advanced, um, Mm -hmm. higher functioning. And so but he doesn't read. I mean, he would be a second grader. I can't imagine him as a second grader. We're kind of just in preschool kindergarten. Like I said, he's just gotten into tracing. So Mm -hmm. we're tracing numbers and Mm -hmm. he knows his numbers um, My other kids. When I'm working with one, I'll pull out the number, his number flashcards and say go. Work on his numbers, you know, or go work on his shapes with them. Mm-hmm. So, Rita and my daughter, she likes to play school. So, she'll sit out, let's play school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
0: good, teach them. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> and that's, you know, in homeschool children, as, when they have siblings, you will see that often. You'll see them helping one another. And it's no different with a child that has special needs and a child that doesn't. If they're siblings, they're going to naturally gravitate to helping one another and mothering one another.
1: Yeah, they pass <laughs> it down.
0: Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. They do. And and we have five children and our children are really spread apart in age. And so, you know, what we did oftentimes was we would take a topic and I would just teach it, but the younger children would participate. And it was amazing watching what they would get from those lessons. And, you know, people would say, oh, that's not geared toward that age. It doesn't matter. They still pick up so much um, yeah. you know, when you study together as a family. It's amazing to watch.
1: Yeah, I would say that I'm probably very different from a lot because I have all my old school books. You know, I tell mm-hmm. people I go to my mom's to shop. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> so here's all
1: your old school books, and you know, here's all the stuff we had. And I at first just would read actually old school textbooks, history, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I actually talk about God and um, even old, old Rebecca books that we had from even higher grade levels than they were in. Like I had a third grade of Becca science and I just read it to them. We would read it, look uh-huh. at the pictures and I would ask them some of the questions. And that's what we did when they were little.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, when I was reading your bio, when you mentioned that you were an eclectic homeschooler, I we are eclectic homeschoolers as well. And we lean heavily to the Charlotte Mason method too. And so uh, we spend a lot of time participating in family read aloud. So I can definitely relate to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my youngest, he doesn't like, we just started Gulliver's travels the other night. Mm-hmm. So he's not interested. And even my daughter she's nine she's kind of I don't know how much they listen but the other they goof off together my son is 11 my son that's 11 he'll he sits right by me and he'll listen
0: Uh but
1: um my little one he likes picture books and I'll have her read to him like go Uh get a book and read to him
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and then they're both getting something she's getting to practice her her reading and and he's getting to benefit from that. Well, yeah. before we jump off here, Arlene, what advice do you have for homeschool parents or for parents contemplating homeschooling? What would you tell those parents? Wow, there's so much that <laughs> just,
1: <laughs> I tell people just do it, especially yes. special needs. Last year, we saw a couple with a little boy with Down syndrome, younger than our son. Of course, you know, you're like, cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you know, he's kind of in preschool. I don't know. I said, just do it. Just do uh-huh. it. You know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid. And, um, and I see from my own brother that he can read and he'll still go to the library and he can get a book and he can read. Whereas the people he's around with disabilities don't, right. they, can't. Mm-hmm. they can't do it. And they spend, what, till 21 in the classroom in public school or whatever. Uh Yeah. Keep them there. Keep them learning or whatever it is they do. And so and I talked to a mom not long ago and she's like, well, you know, my son's in preschool. I don't know. I'm just like, just take him home. And, you know, people, and people tell us about therapy, you know, what are you doing? Well, if he needs therapy, we are smart enough to go find a therapist, you know, if he needs speech or, or, um, physical therapy, then we can go find that. Right. And we did from the public school, but here they only go till five, they'll come to your house. Uh And then when it was time, then 2020 happened. And I'm like, no, he's not coming to the school Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in 2020, when they opened the schools back up, the parents weren't allowed in at all. Right. Not exactly. in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you, they were like, you can bring him to the door and drop them off. Nope. That is not happening. Right. <laughs> so, right. So I just, and I, and people ask, I see people ask, can my kids skip a grade? We're getting ready to do that here. Actually. actually, uh-huh. I've just done that all along
0: because mm-hmm.
1: my, I had my oldest do kindergarten um in what I knew, that's how I started. What oh the only thing available was a Becca, Alpha Omega, Bob Jones, whatever. Christians right. That uh-huh. was the only thing available to us. Uh-huh. When I was right. And um, so I just went to what I know. And so I got Alpha Omega kindergarten. And then when when my daughter was ready to start that year, I was ordering. Everybody did sacks. And so I thought, well, I better yeah. do some. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. which I, oh, I did not do after that and right. um, I got first grade and I thought I'll just put her in first grade with him you know he should and then we were looking through the book he's like I don't want to do this I've already done this stuff and uh-huh. so I was like oh great <laughs> I was yeah, hoping I mean- he'd be doing the same thing so I was like okay we'll go on to second grade so yes. he went like, I- kindergarten second grade <laughs>
0: Yes, and, and homeschooling allows you the fr- flexibility to be able to make those decisions as a parent. And yeah. I think that that's what a lot of parents don't understand is the government does not own your children. I get, I, you know, I feel sorry for these parents when I'm reading in groups and they're asking, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? Or Yes, <laughs> and yes and we're I,
1: grading.
0: Yes, we, don't,
1: we don't get grades. In fact, yes, my kids yes. were trying out an online math. And it grades them. They're like, "What? what is this? What does
0: it mean? I had to explain it to them. 11-year-old, like, right? he's like, what is this? Well, I think you hit well, the nail on the head. Parents, just do it. You are equipped. And before we jump off here, I want to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs in Columbia, Hohenwall, or Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, reach out to safestoragetn.com. They will take care of you. And I want to leave you with this. So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthen the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember... Jesus loves you so much more.